Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, it's the calm before the storm. Switch will be revealed on Thursday, and it's our last chance to make predictions. You know, before we have anything to base them on. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Hey, Patrick. How's it going? Going all right, Mark. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. We just both kind of had our minds blown a few minutes earlier. Oh, yeah. If you haven't seen this, I mean, it is blowing up on the internet. Yeah, just in the last couple of hours. This is hot news. Oh, yeah. The hottest. Yeah. Uh, Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo. Turns out... You can take out one of those giant ghosts in a ghost house by sliding down the stairs and running into them. Yeah. It's tough to set up. It, it is, is. It is. We had to like work to right. try it out. Mark, how many lives did we lose trying to do this? I mean, three. I think four. Four. <laughs> Two were definitely me performing poorly and then the other two were me definitely <laughs> performing poorly yeah but you at least like got to the big boo and i just struggled to get there oh yeah no i mean i pulled it off <laughs> i'm the hero in this story for sh- for sure but uh so there's a tumblr blog called supper mario broth and they post like all these cool things and um this one just blew up and it's, it's blowing cool. the internet's mind. Uh, wh- wh- why do you think it's so mind-blowing that, like, here's a, n- here's a new thing about Super Mario World? I think it's just that Yeah, that we've been playing this game for, like, 20, 25 years at this point. Yeah. And 25. 20, 25 years. Twenty. I mean, it's 2017 now, so 26 years, yeah? It came out in 91? Sure, but, I mean, it didn't come out, like, January 1st, 1991. It came out January 1st. <laughs> But I understand your point. I'm just being pedantic. So was I. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that that's why it's big. Because it's, it's like, hey, we've played this game for most of our lives. That's right. Over and over and over. Right. And to, none of us realize this. To the point where we've all gotten all the exits multiple times. Like, how many times do you think you've played through Super Mario World? I don't even know. Uncountable, right? Yeah, like, I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, I think after Super Mario Brothers three, it's probably the game I have played the most. You know, like to completion, just like hours put oh, into it. Oh, okay. Um, I don't think it it would win for like hours played for me, but al- almost certainly like number of times through, like for sure. Um, we uh, just pulled off this slide and killed a ghost on my 3ds, and um, the save file that we opened to do that was the one that I uh, was doing just recently over the Christmas holidays when I flew um, to Colorado and I got stuck in the uh, LA airport overnight. Um, and that's how I passed the time overnight, was just playing through Super Mario World and pretending not to exist. Because, man, otherwise you're just in that United Terminal and it's, it's just not great, man. Uh, Mark, uh, should we talk about the weather? The weather, it's rainy. But not as cold. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> I don't really have much else to add. No, I mean, there's, yeah. there's not a lot to add. It, <clears throat> it has actually been raining a, mm-hmm. a, a fair amount. The river, the LA River, 
which is really normally more of just like a concrete basin. Uh, it has has water in it, has a current. People get rescued from that thing every time it rains. Yeah. Dangerous to be in there. Yeah, don't do it. Don't go into the river. Don't go into the river. That's a Mark, I like to think, you know, some of a lot of what we do, I think, is just us like messing around, sure. talking Nintendo. These are good tips. This is a good life tip. Yeah. Stay out of the LA River. Yeah. It's dangerous. Uh, the debug, Mark. Let's talk about um a, a big, the the big mistake from from uh, last week. This one's bad. I feel bad about this. I mean, I'm I'm embarrassed. Uh, I feel like maybe maybe we hurt some of our some of our listeners. Yeah. and fans. Um, I I think I, I don't know how I'm gonna talk to my parents about this, and uh, I feel like the failure was on my part. Uh no, I no, I mean it's it's something that we do together and we didn't do it together. Uh last <clears throat> jeez. Last week I'm with you. It's okay. <sighs> okay. Thank Be you. Strong. Thank you. Last week when we went to say our email address. God, it's so hard. <laughs> we didn't say at gmail.com at the same time. Just once. Just it, just it just happened once, but like and these things are bound to happen. I mean, we're not perfect. No, I I mean I I know we're not perfect, but like, you know, you always want to be better than like, you want to be better than your father was. You know what I mean? Uh, no, absolutely. And they're just man, you see everyone else's mistakes, and you're like, not me, not me. But that's the only thing we did wrong last time. So, uh, uh, other than that, it was perfect. Other than that, it was a, we knocked it out of the oh, park. Yeah. It, it was a good one. Mm-hmm. Mark, do you want to just do that episode again? <laughs> Should we just play it from <laughs> now? <laughs> oh, that would be good. Uh, Mark, what what have you been playing this week? Been playing some S- Metroid Other M. Okay, yeah. Me I, was too. About, I was about to call it S- Super Metroid, so it just came out as like Smetroid. Smetroid. Super Metroid Other M. What do you think that would be? You think that would be like a a 16-bit demake of Metroid Other M? Hmm. Yeah, sure. Someone get working on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, we we have been playing Metroid Other M together as part of our um play along series mm-hmm. which uh if you're subscribing to this podcast should already be popping up in your um podcast feed as we speak. Uh on Thursday uh, this come <clears throat> this coming Thursday is our first like real episode after um a a chunk of gameplay. Uh, yeah, so we played through the first what I would consider like boss in sector one, and it's two like worm thingies. They, You'll know when you see it. They have names, and Mark identifies them by name. They're unpronounceable. The- <laughs> <laughs> I try to identify them by name, but they have glowing orbs on them. You'll know when you see them. Uh, and we play up to that point, and then we spend a little bit of time talking about it, talking about what we experienced, and then next week there's like another chunk and so on and so forth. And if you're concerned if uh, maybe it's been a couple of years since you played this game or you've never played it, um, I think it's still fun to listen to. Uh, we do a pretty good job of setting everything up before we inevitably complain about it. Um, so it's not like totally out of, you know, you're not going to be uh, left in the dark if you're not actually playing along. But also play along. Because it's fun to play games. Yeah, and I think that even though it's not the best game, it can be had for pretty cheap now. And it has interesting ideas mm-hmm. that kind of get overshadowed by all the like justifiable complaints about it. Yeah. And so if you just approach it as 
you're going in to experience it for the experience. You know, I think it's like worthwhile because the ideas that it has, even if it doesn't accomplish them, they don't really get engaged with because it's just kind of shunted aside as being terrible. When yeah. we're discussing the game, I mean. Yes, yes, I, I agree with that completely. And we'll we'll get into all of those points, what it does well, what it does poorly, what it attempts to do, what we wish it would do, all of that um, over the course of, you know, six or whatever hours eventually when all things uh, are told. Um, so, uh, Mark, that's, uh, that, that's, that's one thing that we're playing. I'm uh, still playing Super Mario Run every day. Toad Rush? Toad Rally, yep. Toad Rally. Toad Rally. That tells you how much I've been playing Super <laughs> So you've Mario been playing Run. a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Sarah recently maxed out her, her Toads. She's got the 9999. Yeah, so I've got to catch up. And How many do you have? Over 8,000 at this point. That's impressive. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, I feel impressive. Despite our failure saying at gmail.com together. Why dwell on the past? You're right. Uh, I am, you know, within a week of getting um, maxed out toads. Uh, and uh, at, at that point, though, I don't know if I keep playing. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why I would. All they, get, all they have to do is introduce, like, uh, bananas into um, Toad Rally and then let me buy, like, Donkey Kong's house with it. And then I'm back in. Like, that's all they need to do. <laughs> Uh, Mark, anything else you've been playing? Or nope, that's pretty much been it right now. Hey, let's move on into the news. So this is not strictly Nintendo related, mm-hmm. but uh, Awesome Games Done Quick is going on this week. If you're not familiar with it, it's a fundraiser that happens twice. Well, Games Done Quick is a fundraiser that happens twice a year. There's Awesome Games Done Quick in the winter, and then uh, Summer, summer games. games Done Quick uh, in the summer. Right. And it's just like a, the speedrunning community um, playing, twitching, streaming games. Um, and uh, if, if you've never like checked one of these out before, it's like the weirdest way anyone could ever play a video game. Um, it's usually based in people breaking the game as best they can. Um, to get through it like you'll see people beat ocarina of time in like 18 minutes um you know doing like fighting ganon as a young link with just a deku stick like it's um crazy stuff yeah it's really cool like because there are the people who uh there are different types of runs Mm -hmm. and you'll see them all throughout like there's ones that where they can't like glitch or use bugs or anything Mm -hmm. and so like people who are just insanely good at super mario brothers 3 you know just insanely good at these like uh at like tetris like just crazy the amount of hours like the skill that people develop and put into it is so impressive Mm -hmm. and it's also raises money for a good cause every time this time it's for prevent cancer foundation great um you can check it out at uh, gamesdonequick.com you can donate there it's really cool. It's 24 hours a day for like a week. And there's a schedule online so you can see when uh, th- like a game that you're interested in is being played. And all the streams get posted. Like all the games get posted on YouTube like the next day. And um, there's incentives for donations. It's just, it's really cool. It's like one of like, uh, it's a really cool event that gets put on twice a year and they like raise like a million dollars every time. So it's really awesome. And the, uh, all of the, the teams putting, putting on the speed runs for, um, 
awesome games done quick and summer games done quick uh do a really good job of having like one person be there kind of like point guy for explaining exactly how they're accomplishing everything they're accomplishing so like even the the glitchier runs um they'll tell you um how they're doing it and like what's impressive or interesting about how they're approaching the game or like what new exploits they're using that had never been used before um it's a it's a for as like into the weeds and specific as it is um they do a really good job of welcoming you in i uh over the summer i watched the uh there was a speed run of um sonic the hedgehog the the really bad like 2006 six. yeah and uh you know i've never played that game before it's a notoriously bad game um but i watched these guys play it for an hour and a half because they're explaining every single step of it um it's super fun super engaging yeah one that i thought was really cool that i think it was also from last summer games done quick was uh super metroid two people one controller oh cool so they like these uh two speedrunners you know work together one was on the d-pad and the other one was on like the face buttons of the controller and yeah they, that's great like had to work together to make it through super metroid and it was still a speed run on top of everything else um and then earlier this week there was there's a really cool shovel knight head-to-head speed run um that's it's like really exciting it's yeah. great like i uh i really recommend people check it out again that's like uh, gamesdonequick.com cool uh i'm excited for this dragon quest 8 preload is now available on the 3ds Oh my god. So the game comes out on January 20th. Uh and I don't know what to do because I still have Dragon Quest 7 right sitting there. Mark, let me ask you this. Uh-huh. Have you fought a battle in Dragon Quest 7 yet? No, I haven't opened up Dragon. <laughs> I haven't had time to open up Dragon Quest 7. I am pre I've have preloaded Dragon Quest 8. Now, <laughs> Dragon Quest 7 is in, like, you know, I think people are saying it's like 100 hours to beat the main story. And that feels very daunting at this moment, being right. that I have not fought a battle in Dragon Quest Seven. So uh, I'm thinking, even though I made the promise to myself that I will beat Seven before I play Eight, I think I may just play Eight first and then like so come back to Seven. Remind me, have you played Eight before? Yes. Okay. So all of these games are uh, just re- revisits. Not Seven. For you. Not Seven. Not seven, seven would be brand new. Interesting. But I really love Eight. Sure um so i don't know what to do i mean i bought it uh is it like normal retail game price Mm -hmm. um and is it is it a big download or yeah it's like twenty five thousand blocks a little less than twenty five thousand. okay that's a lot um it's really a great game in fact if you have time for an rpg specifically patrick me but also (laughs) anybody who's listening Uh drag and you've never played dragon quest before or you have uh and but not a lot and or you know what it's one of those where i'm just basically saying everybody should play dragon quest 8 um i feel like we are reaching a point like right before dragon quest becomes like super relevant again it's hard to tell it is hard to tell i feel like it's either one of those things where uh you know like social media can be an echo chamber so it's like oh people i follow also like dragon quest so everybody seems to be excited about dragon quest i feel like it's like mad max fury road like yeah mad max fury road did like well in theaters but in my circle of friends it was like this movie's amazing right and everywhere else was just like you know okay right it's another mad max movie yeah 
30 years later. Like based on my like small sam- like sampling, mm-hmm. you would think everybody had seen this movie at least once. Like everybody in the world had seen this movie at least once. But right. then you break outside of that and you realize... Let alone three times opening weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's how I feel like how Dragon Quest is where it's like, I can't tell if it's... If the gaming popula- population at large is more excited in the West is more excited mm-hmm. about Dragon Quest or if it's just the... Like, I follow people who have similar interests as me, and they're all excited about it. Well, I think, um, didn't Builders chart on, uh, like, the, the PlayStation charts? Sales charts? I'm not sure. If the, I'm not sure. I, well, may, maybe this is just a, a, a time will tell sort of thing. But I, I, I get the feeling that uh, there's just more Dragon Quest stuff happening now. Yeah, no, I, than, than I agree before. with you. It does feel like it's uh in there more than usual you know or like more than it has been in the past sure uh i guess what i'm saying is that we are continuing is that i'm just more skeptical which seems to be appropriate for our dynamic in which you are optimistic and accept things and i'm like maybe maybe it's not (laughs) i'm sorry that was a hurtful impression (laughs) no 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 entirely accurate (laughs) voice and all uh Okay, so persistent rumors that Koei Tecmo is working on another Warriors game for Switch uh, using a new Nintendo IP. So uh, there was... That's interesting. So when you Hyrule say... Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, Warriors. Like one of those, like... I, there's a more technical term for it that I cannot pronounce. It's like M-U-S-O-U, something like that. Oh, like, like a mush-up or something like that? Sure. mush <laughs> like I don't, I don't know how to say it. That's why I just said Warriors game, like like the Dynasty Warriors. Game. Yes, 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 exactly. Uh, like Hybrid Warriors. Mm-hmm. So the rumor is that they're making another game like that, but it is not the Zelda IP. And another one that was potential was like, or that people were like, maybe it was Star Fox, but it's supposedly not Star Fox, not Zelda, something else. Star Fox would be a weird choice, right? Yeah. Uh, just would you do like like a dog fighting in space? Not like dogs, but like spaceships. Uh, there are like uh, like mech. Um, oh, that's a good point. Warrior games. Interesting. So it would be po- potentially possible, but all irrelevant because the rumor is that it is not Star Fox. But yes, uh, I don't know. Maybe like Mushroom Kingdom Warriors. Mushroom Kingdom Warriors would be hilarious. Like a bunch of like Goombas. Yeah. You know, just like fields and fields of Goombas. And your generals are like the Koopalings. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What what else would be good good for that? Um, uh, Splatoon. Yeah. Could be really cool. Um, Donkey Kong. Like Donkey Kong Country style? I mean, in the style of Donkey Kong Country, I mean. Sure. Yeah. Like Donkey Kong 64, but. There's just tons and tons and tons of, of apes. enemies. Yeah. Just a bunch of apes. <laughs> apes fighting apes. <laughs> this is madness. Uh, Pikmin, maybe? Mm-hmm. That would, that would be a weird like franchise to staple to the Warriors franchise like, for a, a signal boost. You yeah. Know? Uh, I don't know. Maybe we won't have to wait that long to find out. Maybe we won't. Um, oh, that was first... Re- reported by ob1 plays on youtube kirby what about kirby (laughs) sure i would play that i don't know what like an army of 
Kirby's allies? Who would that even be? Yeah, or enemies for that matter. Yeah, they're all just little waddle dees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, obviously, the big Switch presentation is this Thursday Woo! at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it sounds like launch stock is going to be thin, which is not entirely surprising. Yeah. So, Go Nintendo is reporting that GameStops are being allocated between 20 and 30 lo- like per location for launch. Mm-hmm. So, that's like tw- 20 per store minimum, 30 per store maximum. And do we know, like, as a point of comparison, what the um, what GameStops were getting uh, for the NES classics? No, or I, I'm not sure. Okay, um, certainly less than that. Uh, probably or fewer than that. Yeah, for sure. But the mess general message seems to be: if you want one on, which is not really surprising, but if you want one on launch day, pre-order as soon as they're available. Right. Which everybody's expecting to be on Friday. Uh, I've heard, I've I've read conflicting reports that either on Friday or as soon as the presentation's the over, presentation on, Thursday is over night. on Thursday. Yeah. Well, or I'm, I think they mean well. That may be true for like uh, online, but at that point, it oh, seems sure, like for like closed. stores. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. I but I even though it won't be like I don't think it'll be like an NES Classic Edition where you are just not able to find one and, and never able to find one yeah ever. Like, like obviously nintendo is going to be replenishing switches as fast as possible unlike where the nes classic edition it seems like they made pretty much just a chunk of them and then trickled out a few more right they're planning to sell this for the long term so you the know, switch is the future the nes classic is a like a one-off almost yeah. so even if you're not able to get one at launch stores will be getting regular shipments of them so not like the nes classic edition um but yeah if you want one day one which i do so i am planning on uh trying to pre-order one maybe not through gamestop but somewhere uh yeah i will also be doing whatever it takes uh so the nes classic edition has been hacked to easily add more games onto the device uh that's kind of neat right yeah um, and it can be done, uh, it looks like fairly easily just with a regular USB, um, like the, the same, um, cable that you have it hooked up to your power source, um, that, uh, you can just download some stuff and upload some ROMs onto it. Um, and it looks like the interface is still the same for selecting games. Yeah. It looks like what they were able to do was, uh, yeah, you can like drop in the games and it just, uh, I don't know if it, if you also have to add the like image files. Yeah, or if it just n- knows them. Knows. Somehow. Yeah, but either way, you can make it look like it. Yeah, is just part of the NES Classic, uh, which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Um, I I like the the little Famicom Classic uh wrinkle to this. Um, that like within the uh structure of the thing, um, there's a a little message to would-be hackers that are like trying to change the infrastructure um, of the machine. And the message reads, um, this is the Hanafuda captain speaking, launching emulation in three, two, one. Many efforts, tears, and countless hours have been put into this jewel. So please keep this place tidied up and don't break anything. Cheers, the Hanafuda captain. Yeah, it's like in the source code of the, uh, yeah, of the Famicom classic. 
and Hanafuda uh, referring to the like playing cards that Nintendo used to make before they were a software and hardware company. Nobody's found anything like that in the NES Classic Edition, it looks like, yet. But maybe there's something in there. Yeah, and I mean, maybe American pirates were like, who cares? <laughs> Let's just change the software. <laughs> there's a message here, but I don't want to read it. Uh, so also today, frequent Nintendo collaborator Platinum Games had their big-budget Xbox One t- exclusive Scalebound canceled. Yeah. Um, Platinum, uh, you know, has been doing a lot with Nintendo the last couple of years. They had developed Bayonetta for them uh, exclusively, and they also developed that Star Fox game that nobody liked. And the Wonderful 101. And Wonderful 101, that's right. Um, and Scalebound was supposed to be a... a big game right um and then just today uh microsoft said hey we don't want this anymore yeah news is kind of slowly beginning to trickle out and it sounds like uh maybe platinum kind of got screwed by xbox or by microsoft Mm -hmm. uh that seems to be the word that's kind of leaking out after the fact um and it would be really so platinum is not a huge studio and they have been mostly like a third party developer and so it really stink to see them close because of this right because that has to be a huge financial hit i i can't i mean i was gonna say i can't imagine but i can imagine many things um but i can't imagine that this will shut them down right like even if they've been developing Scalebound for a long time, um, you know they have been developing all of these other games sort of in tandem. And I guess none of them have really knocked it out of the park or been super successful. You know they did that um, Ninja Turtle game last summer, which was mostly panned and I don't think sold very well. Um, and uh, there was like a Transformers game a couple months before that. Um, yeah, they've just had to take a lot of like licensed titles yeah. which uh for such a high profile developer is not great news right um no i don't know necessarily that it'll like shut them down but it certainly doesn't do like you had this massive triple a game that was being funded by microsoft and then what do you do with all of the developers that were working on that that you no longer can pay yeah you know like it seems like something's going to have to give so hopefully It'd be great to see um, more, like more projects given to Platinum because it's a very talented group of group of folks, especially when they're not forced to do like Korra, right? You know, because that game was also notoriously bad. Yeah, it's sort of the low watermark for them, right? Um, man, what do you think? Like, what what kind of shape must this game have been in for Microsoft to say, you know what, stop working on this? It's, I mean, who knows? Because it's also hard to say, like, even if the game was in rough shape and based on all of its showings at game shows previously, it was in fairly rough shape. Um, it's impossible to know what's behind that, yeah. right? Because uh, if Microsoft wasn't interested in developing Scalebound and, or they stopped becoming interested, and so but didn't want to cancel it outright for whatever like contractual reasons, they could make developing the game incredibly difficult. And so, you know, like they could put impossible benchmarks 
for the developers to hit. Yeah. Right. And then be like, hey, you didn't hit these impossible benchmarks. So we're shutting you down or we're not paying you. You know, they, there's way to like choke it out of existence. Right. You know, but so like effectively they were just like. So so I don't know that it's fair to say like that they canceled it because the game was bad when or that it was like showing rough at trade shows because mm-hmm. we don't know why it was in the state that it was in. And, you know, it's entirely possible that I, I guess it's entirely possible that like Platinum just really messed up on it. But everything coming out in the aftermath of this makes it seem like Microsoft set them up for failure. Mm, um intrigue but it kind of makes sense because when you look at microsoft's uh what they're doing with their game division in general it's they're moving to games as services right so it's like this single player you know like scale down it doesn't fit into their uh idea of make one game and have that be a revenue stream you know forever i I just wonder you know like the the sort of model that's held up there as like the thing that they could or should be striving towards is, you know, Minecraft, of course, because they purchased it. They now own Minecraft. Um, but like Minecraft is a once in a lifetime, like phenomenon. That's right? sure. That's true. But think of games like destiny or, sure. you know, like overwatch where they've made one investment and it pays off over time. Right. Like overwatch however much they spent developing it, that game will continue to exist for years. Right. And they will only have to uh, add new content instead of building an entirely new game from scratch, which is so much cheaper. And, and, you know, they can get so much more revenue that way versus like, okay, we're going to build up Scalebound, spend, you know, maybe like $60 million doing mm. it, and then hope it sells well. And then we're going to maybe do a scale bound too, which is also going to be nor- enormously expensive. See, so like that kind of thinking makes sense to me for like a software developer, like what Blizzard doing that makes sense. But like Microsoft trying to um, cultivate like a, a gaming ecosystem, I feel like you need to have like that variety of games. And I guess maybe that you can just count on like the AAA sphere, the like third party developers to get those like one-off sort of experiences out of you know like ubisoft or whoever sure i mean also look at like you said they bought minecraft Mm -hmm. and minecraft is enormously successful so if i'm sitting at uh xbox corporate headquarters and i'm looking at it purely financially it's like why am i chasing these you know potential hits like scalebound when it's like why aren't we just doing minecraft Right, but uh, they are doing Minecraft. No, but it's like, yeah, so it's like, well, well like, let's Mark, just do another Minecraft. Hold, hold on a second, Mark. Should we be why, doing Minecraft? Well, yeah, why aren't we doing Minecraft? <laughs> Isn't that what we're doing right now? Do you think this is Minecraft? I mean, I've never played it. I've never played it either, but I assume that this is not. Minecraft makes me feel so old. It makes me feel so old, Because too. I look at it, and it's so unappealing to yeah, me. Yeah, I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah. I don't want to I don't want to chop at blocks and but people collect wood. It. Why? I don't know. Okay. We'll get someone on at some point to explain Minecraft to us. We'll have to be like 12. Okay. Uh, You and I will have to be 12? (laughs) For us to understand slash enjoy it. This is going to be a tough episode to produce. (laughs) Uh, Finally, Crunchyroll revealed last this week that uh, the most watched anime on Wii U and Wii consoles. The Wii U top three is Cute High Earth Defense Club Love! Exclamation mark. (laughs) 
that's all one. Is that is that the uh, Beatles Cirque du Soleil show? <laughs> uh, Space Patrol Luluco and Ace Attorney. Oh, okay, Ace, Ace Attorney, Attorney. That makes go. sense. Okay. The Wii Top Three is uh, Dream Festival! Exclamation mark. Uh, Yuri! Uh, exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! On ice, all caps. Uh, and then cute high Earth Defense Club love exclamation mark. And I mostly just put this in here. Look, I watch anime, but I mostly put this in here so I could say those titles. Uh-huh. I've never heard of any of these other than Ace Attorney, but I've heard of Yuri on Ice. It's supposed to be a very well animated uh, show. Oh, I've heard of Yuri on Ice too, just like in tweets and stuff. Right. We should watch some Yuri on Ice after this. No. <laughs> <laughs> you just said you watch anime. <laughs> Um, I think it's interesting that uh, Crunchyroll has these um, ver- this very specific set of information. Yeah, I think it's cool. They did release it for all the um, platforms. Yeah. So they had it for PlayStation and Xbox. I didn't bother to look at those, though. No, well, those are not... Even though we just talked about Microsoft for a little bit. In the context of Nintendo. No, of course! We were talking about Nintendo the whole time. Um, What do you know about this? Um, The cute high... I, I mean nothing. Club. I know Love. nothing about it. I know nothing about any of these. All right, great. Uh what do we got for new releases this week, Mark? So not a lot. We're in the dead zone. We are in the dead zone. And I expect to be in the dead zone mostly. Obviously Dragon Quest will be coming out. Yeah. Um and Yoshi uh, Poochie. Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World uh will be coming out. Um, but I, other than those two, I think we're in the dead zone until March. Very low expectations. Very low. So the only one I could find for this week is on the eShop, releasing on Thursday. It's called Shift DX. Any idea what that is? Yeah. So in 2008, it was like released. And I think it was originally just like a Flash game. But mm-hmm. it has uh, continued on. And this is the first time that it's on a Nintendo platform. But it's a puzzle game. And it's in stark... Uh, black and white okay and you can rotate the screen and in doing so so it's like a puzzle platformer like you kind of have to find a way to escape each level and the reason it's called shift is that you can like rotate the screen like 90 degrees yeah and in doing so it like changes um you like the way that you can platform Okay, so does like changing the the gravity? Yeah, of like it? The, okay. or and like the landscape, and so it's like oh, so before you know it was like right side up, but now it's upside down, and so now you can climb over it. Yeah, that did, kind of stuff. Did you ever play? Um, so it, it's like rotating, uh, on like the, on on like a flat plane. Did yes. Did you ever play um Fez? No. Um, so Fez has a similar mechanic, except instead of um like rotating the plane, it's like rotating a cube. Um, and so, like, if there are platforms on, like, the other side of the tower, you can rotate the world around until you get to, like, reveal those platforms. It's a really trippy game, and I was not very good at getting my head around it. There was another platformer, or, like, another one of these, like, puzzle games that I think was released on WiiWare, where, uh you're like a sh- you're a shadow mm-hmm. and the shadow cast by like the world is what you are platforming on so you have to oh cool like b- where like the light sources i think like depends like 
determines how you like solve the puzzle because you have to make the shadows line up in order for you to yeah like traverse the world i can't remember what it maybe like i can't remember what it's called i want to say like into shadows but that doesn't seem right but i think it was on we uh well cool this is not that game this is <laughs> this is not that game. This, is, this is a different game that is neither of the games that we've just described mark let's move on out of the news Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's 4.33. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 4.33, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 4.33, Mark and I will not use our instruments. We will not talk about Nintendo, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Um, So I'm going to start this recording here. There's a little applause up front as the uh, audience welcomes the conductor to the stand. Mark, I'd like to talk about award shows. Hit me. Okay, so the Golden Globes, uh, Hollywood, foreign press, uh, honoring Hollywood, movies and TV, uh, they were on last night. And uh, I just thought we, we we should talk a little bit. Like, do you watch these things when they're on? Did you watch the Golden Globes? No, I didn't. Last Did night? you? Um, I watched some of it. Um, I find most award shows to be uh, overly long, obviously. Um, I feel like that's a common complaint. But also, like, mostly pointless. To- oh, 100%. The shows themselves. Um, and then uh, I also find myself, like getting mad about the winners every year because nothing i want to win ever wins um i remember watching the emmys for like five years in a row being like when's amy poehler (laughs) gonna win this thing and i should have just known she's never gonna win the thing um so you know you and i were pretty negative on the video game awards game awards Mm -hmm. what are are the what is it called i think game awards game awards um but i think the we can just apply that same like idea to all award shows right? yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. it was it's definitely not the game awards specifically that are awful it's just all award shows pretty much um what do you think they could do to make an award show like fun or engaging or do you have any uh like memories of um an award show that you did like or even like a host that you liked or anything like that i don't think they should any award show should be televised no award show should be televised yeah academy awards next time we'll just when billy crystal dies (laughs) we'll say that's it the award show dies with him i mean i just don't understand the point that sounds respectful doesn't it oh yeah Yeah. no that was a hundred percent respect i mean good for you (laughs) thank you that was very respectful (laughs) towards billy crystal America's most beloved living Oscars host. Who would trump him otherwise? Bob Hope. If oh, you're okay. counting dead people. Okay, sure. Yeah, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't televise. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't televise award shows. And we have no vested interest. I don't care who Hollywood thinks is the best move. I, not even, like, you know, like, I don't care what a bunch of the Hollywood press foreign press association whatever that means right or the academy of motion picture sciences who who they went when they think leonardo dicaprio should win an acting award yeah i don't care i don't like their yeah i has no bearing on me let me ask you this uh do you ever fill out like um 
Oscar predictions or go to like an Oscar viewing party. I feel like it's it's mo- that those uh, like parties are most common specifically for the Academy Awards, right? Yeah, that seems right. That no one no one really throws like a. I mean, I'm sure people who have like shows that are nominated for stuff they actually hold Emmy Emmy parties and whatnot. Um, but like, it's really just the Academy Awards that bring people together, right? I mean, I think the Golden Globes of all the award shows seems to get it the most right. For the people that are there. Because they're drinking. Exactly. Right. So it's just like a big like party. Whereas the Academy Awards are very, quote unquote, unimportant. But are so stuffy and so boring. Well, and again, like, why is it important? It's Hollywood congratulating themselves right. on a job well done. Um, do you think we should be televising more big Hollywood parties? <laughs> and just throw out the award show? <laughs> uh yeah sure yeah okay like as pay-per-view events yeah <laughs> yeah that's i'm fine with that yeah that that would be fun you could even like pay for different levels of party yeah yeah you know if you want just like the upright citizens brigade new year's eve party right they can make that happen for i don't know 10 bucks it'd be pre- i mean yeah so just including your CISO subscription right. <laughs> That's actually a great idea for a CISO show. It's just like a live cam of the party. <laughs> and you know, if if you want uh if you want to see Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese doing coke, that's going to cost you more money. Yeah. That's a that's a different program. Absolutely. Uh all right, Mark, I feel like we've covered this topic now pretty thoroughly. Um so I'm going to skip us ahead to the applause. We've never done this before. <laughs> wonderful uh, how long was that 433 uh it was about four minutes and 33 oh, seconds well, there we go <clears throat> we were accompanied by the victoria symphony under the baton of uh, tanya miller uh mark let's move on to our big topic for the week big topic is Switch announcement thing, presentation, happening this Thursday, the 12th, 8 p.m. We got to make some predictions about this. This is our last chance, Mark. This is our last chance to put it in the book. Yes, in that book. Uh, we haven't touched that the book in a while. Should we have a friendly wager? Like, who gets the most right? Yes. Yes, we should. Great. Uh, what What are we... What what is what is at stake? What are the stakes here? A million dollars. Okay. For so for a million dollars, we we have each prepared four predictions. Mm-hmm. Um and only three are uh the same. Right. So three <laughs> uh, in, in the same category. Oh, in the so, same category. So uh price, release date, launch lineup, and then a, a wild card prediction. Um, and then beyond that, we have four wish list items, which can be as crazy as we want them to be. Okay. And whoever gets the most of these right owes the other a million dollars. Yeah, I think that's fair. Friendly wager. Friendly wager. Okay. Um, so no, uh, for launch titles, yes. are we doing first party only? Uh, I have, I only have, I've sort of a pessimistic view of the, the launch oh, lineup. Okay. So, um, 
So let's do this. Let's start. Let's start with price. Okay. Okay. I actually maybe have a pessimistic view of a lot of things here, uh, and I hope it doesn't cost me a million dollars. <laughs> uh, all right. I, I'll go first on price. Go first on price. I'm saying two forty nine mm-hmm. as the starter pack, and then a a skew for three hundred that has like maybe a pack in or a uh, more memory or something like that. Uh, I'm saying. One skew, nothing, no different like pack-ins or like either come, it does come with a pack-in is, is my prediction. 349. You are crazy. I'm are you talking Canadian dollars? Four, no, Amer- US dollars, USD. Um, I think they're going to go high. I think it's going to be expensive, but it'll also come with the dock and that little like anchor thing. Yeah. Uh, for, for the Joy-Cons. Man, I'm seeing dollar signs in my eyes. There's no I I think you're I think you're crazy. I think there's no way it's over three hundred. Um I think it's a it's I think it's on the high side. I think two forty nine is probably too low. Really? Yeah. Why? Why? Um because they gotta make money on the thing, on selling the thing. Uh and uh Nintendo hardware I mean, what is a uh, a new Nintendo three DS right now costs two hundred dollars. So um, this has got to be appreciably better tech than that. Um, and by just 50 bucks, I, I think it's got to be at least, at least 300. So the Nintendo 3DS at this point is running on like at least five-year-old technology. Mm-hmm. So to charge $200 for it just means the Nintendo is making a really tidy profit on each unit sold. Sure. So I expect when the launch, when the switch launches, at 249 that we will also see a simultaneous 3DS price drop oh. possibly do $100. I mean we sort of did just see that except they're not available anywhere. Right, with the uh Black Friday right. um like Mario black and white mm-hmm. 3DS, new 3DSs which were $99. Yeah, I think that is what we're going to see as the standard price point. Maybe the XLs being 150 sure and then the switch will be a hundred dollars more than that because i agree that at two like two hundred dollars for the 3ds is pretty crazy Mm -hmm. at this point that that's what they're selling it for i mean good for them but there yeah i don't think there's any way when the switch launches that they're able to sustain that price because i mean by your same logic like like during the holidays pretty much pretty regularly right now you can get a brand new ps4 slim for two fifty, oh yeah, no, I I I I know this. Um, I I do think that Nintendo's pricing for the Switch will be whatever it is. Um, will not take into consideration the pricing on the PlayStation Four or the Xbox One. I feel like it's its own thing, and it's being priced however Nintendo like deems it appropriate. Sure, I mean, I guess my point was more that like. To say that the, oh, I, I see what you're saying. Because my point was more that, you know, if people are comparing value at this point, they can get a PS4 yeah. for 250 And that usually includes at least one packing game versus a 3DS for 200 yeah. Right? So, like, as a strict value proposition, um, it for a lot of people, it probably makes more sense to buy a PS4. Right. Uh, and I'm just saying Nintendo will not be compared right. to yeah. anyone. <laughs> that, that would be very interesting. I think if they go over 300 
I that feels like the 3DS launch to me, where mm. it's um, and I don't think they. I think they are going to sell it at a for a profit, like, but I don't think they can afford to be that aggressive with the pricing. Um, they have to sell as many of these as they possibly I can. I agree. Um, but I I also think that um, fervor for this thing is as high now as it's going to be. Hundred percent agree. But if they really mess things up on Thursday, yeah, by like Friday, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, by the price being like crazy, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, yeah, by Friday, I think at three forty nine, you have a lot of people who would buy this second guessing. Yeah, yeah, being you know people who are like excited about it and who maybe hadn't bought a Nintendo console recently, but mm-hmm. were like, oh yeah, for two forty nine. I mean, at two hundred, this thing's a no brainer. So I think at two forty nine, it, it, it's very compelling. I don't know. We'll see. That would be interesting if they go over three hundred. I'll be very surprised. Uh, and obviously, I don't want it. Sure, sure. Be, no, yeah. At, at, <laughs> no, at no, no. You're a mean person. That this right. is what you're wishing on the world. I just, I just want, uh, like. I know I can afford that, <laughs> and I think other people might not be able to as easily. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's just, I, I want it there. I mean, I guess, like, the weird thing with pricing is that, yeah, at launch, they could 100% sell these things for, like, $400. And, in and fact, scalpers n- will do this. Yeah, so. and the Nintendo Faithful will buy it at 400 but it's, like, what happens after that. Yeah. And... As much as we've, like, talked about how I don't believe that Nintendo... Art- uh, like artificially makes their items scarce, their products scarce. They certainly, you know, I'm sure they enjoy the publicity that comes with, right? You know, their products being sold out, right? Uh, so the the next item on on our list here is launch date. Uh, I'll go first on this one. Okay, uh, I say Friday, March seventeenth, is my launch date. Okay, so I also have it pegged at the seventeenth. Okay. Um, was waffling between the 17th and the 24th, but yeah, I, I think 17th is what that's a, we can, we can make the same guess. I yeah, think that, I think, I think, I think okay. so. Yeah. Um, uh, do you have any, like anything behind that or not really? Just I just like, looked at the, I just looked at the calendar yeah, and it was like, too. that makes sense. I don't know why. Just uh, instinctual. It just like makes sense. I like the idea of it being a uh, a, a Friday release. That's where uh, NES Classic came out on a Friday. Yeah, they Nintendo used to release everything on Sundays. Yeah, um, the Wii U came out on a Sunday. Like software used to be released on Sundays, and they have recently moved to Fridays. I don't know when that happened. Like a year ago or something. Yeah, kind pretty recently. Did they do it at the same time that music and movie releases changed from Tuesdays to Fridays? What a great question. No one will ever know. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it was independent. Um. I like moving new releases off of Sunday um, just because, I mean, I, I remember pick, picking up uh, Smash Brothers Brawl uh, on Sunday and then being like, great, I've got to go to work tomorrow. Um, and, you know, Friday can be sort of an inconvenience because, you know, if it's going to be something you have to stand in line and, uh, you know, wait at the store, f- you know, for it to open to, to get the thing. Um, that you got to take off from work or whatever, but then you've got the whole weekend. So, um, so yeah, I think I think the seventeenth is probably where. And now, do you think they're going to do a worldwide launch? Do you think seventeenth everywhere, or do you think they'll stagger it across the week? Oh, interesting. I was. This is not in part this of our is million really dollar. Not part bet. of the this bet. is just right, yeah, right. yeah. Um, 
I oh, man, that's a great question. I think they I stagger think it because mm, I was gonna say opposite. Oh, see, I think they stagger it because I don't think Nintendo's. Uh, I don't think they're that good at logistics, and partly because they don't have they don't have like the bandwidth that right. other companies mm-hmm. do. But I just don't know that they're capable of, um, like getting through their channels. Yeah, for worldwide on one day. What do you think of the? And I don't know if this is uh, part of um, your wild card uh, prediction or part of your wish list um, about the rumors that uh, the Switch will be region free. Oh, I. That's not one of my. Uh, it's on my wish list, but it's not one of my my wild card rumor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's. Pro- I think it probably will be. Because uh, I mean that almost then, I more or less necessitates uh, a simultaneous worldwide launch, right? How I guess so? I guess maybe not, but just that like then you could be importing it from wherever it's coming out earlier because they're all the same. It's all uh, they function in all the same regions no matter what. Yeah. Uh, great. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I don't I, have I, a greater point. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily problematic. Uh, again, I see your point. Um, and what I think would happen is that in the West, it'll launch pretty close together. Mm-hmm. I could see it happening like, you know, earlier or like uh, a little bit later in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, you think later in Japan? Possibly. possibly? Uh, or the other way around, like it launches earlier in uh, Japan and then comes out like a week later in the West. But later in Europe for sure. You think so? I don't know. <laughs> I think it could come. I, I, think the, I think maybe the West happens at the same time. Okay. Like I think those two launches are within like 24 hours of each other. Sure, that they do like a a uh, a home release first in Japan and then follow up with everyone else later. Yeah, so that's kind of where I was waffling with like the date. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also am not sure what day if Nintendo also releases in Japan on Fridays or if it's on another day. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I don't it'll be interesting to see. Item number. Do you think we're gonna get all this information? Yeah, I'm cutting you off. Are we? It's get, okay. Do you think we're gonna see? Do you think we're gonna get all this information on? We have to, right? On Thursday, I think we have to at least these two items. I think price and date. Yes, I think that absolutely has to happen. I think, uh, you know, our, our next category is what we think the launch lineup is gonna be, and I don't know that we'll even get all of that. Um, but now, maybe, maybe uh, the um press event or whatever it is is also the like green light for uh, everyone else to you know pull the curtains on or for third party supporter to be like also this also this also this strictly when we're talking about launch lineup uh are we talking day 1 or launch window day 1 okay uh do you want to go first or should i uh you can go first okay no this is a radical launch lineup. Okay. Mario. Breath of the Wild. Splatoon. Hard Stop. Whoa. From everybody? Everybody. Including third parties. Including third parties. I mean, I, I, again, I think you're crazy. I think you're crazy. Um, I think uh, we'll see everything else come out at a staggered pace following um and uh nintendo like trying to control the conversation with like uh, mario and zelda primarily as they're like two flagship franchises that everyone's crazy about and splatoon as their 
you know, competitive entry or like entry in like the esports arena, um, and then just control the message about those three games. That's that would be really interesting. I th- <clears throat> so here's mine. Yeah, Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. So we both basically believe this Breath of the Wild is not going to be delayed. Thing. Yeah, and I'm kind of basing this on uh, all the marketing that has popped up mm-hmm. at like game stores and even targets. They have the Switch and in the key art and on the Switch is being played Breath of the Wild. And yeah. it says coming, you know, it's like March 2017. And so I feel like they wouldn't put Breath of the Wild in there if it was not coming day one. Yeah. Um. So Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart. Eight, oh. like the mm-hmm. remix, whatever they're doing with it, the new Splatoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we get, um, oh, my Skyrim mm-hmm. and the like, uh, remastered version from Bethesda, and I think we get that like weird Ubisoft, uh, Nintendo collaboration, like the, the Rabbit Kingdom, Super Mario RPG. Yeah, so I think those five are my guess. Okay. For you, day so, one. So you think that Mario game isn't coming out on launch? Yeah. Okay. I think that, uh, you know how people were saying Zelda wasn't ready, and so yeah. Mario's coming? I, I, it would surprise me if they launched with both when you could save Mario, just like they were going to save Zelda. Like, the rumor was sure, Zelda. Yeah. It makes sense to me that they would just save Mario for a few months down the line. Sure. And you're still kind of launching, you know, you're launching with a big title. The reason, I, I, although it makes sense to put Breath of the Wild out there because people have been waiting so long for it and it's anticipated. Mm-hmm. But it's not a Mario game, right? Like Mario is such a broader audience. Yeah. And so the, I can see the logic of putting Mario on there it, uh, because it's a much easier to sell to a because Zelda's a hardcore game. There's yeah. no way there's no getting around it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a game for gamers. And see, I think that's why they work so well like in concert with each other, is that like Mario can be the the more casual game that still has like, you know, some sort of meaningful meat on it for hardcore gamers, and then Breath of the Wild, which seems to be even like kind of hardcore by Zelda standards, even um, like I think those two games together make such a uh, cast such a wide net. You know, did I say Splatoon? You did, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, sorry, not to completely ignore the great point you were making. I was just making a mental. Inv- yeah, I said Splatoon too. <laughs> I was just making a mental inventory in my head. I couldn't remember if I had said Splatoon because I think it's coming out. But yeah, I. Uh, I, I, the only reason I would be surprised if they put both on there at launch is it seems like you could save one of those for a few months. And so it doesn't, unless they have like a super stacked release schedule for the rest of the year, right. which isn't impossible, but it's just like, you, what do you have that will compare to, three, to a new 3D Mario game? Pokemon Stars? Yeah, but I don't feel like, again. I I don't feel like those are the same our audience. Yeah, that's a fair point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think I wonder if you, if almost like your launch lineup is too good. If you in a weird way, if you have both of those, like if if there's too much noise and one of them gets lost in the mix, from like because from a marketing standpoint, well, see that's standpoint, why you only you put like, out three games. I mean, th- again, like it's a good point. It's a it's a good point. And recall the. Uh, 
consoles, Nintendo consoles have been released with less um, than Nintendo 64 released with just Mario 64 and Pilot Wings. Different time. I know. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, the Su- Super Nintendo only launched with three, right? Pilot Wings, F Zero, and Super Mario World. Uh, yeah, I don't know my. Oh, Super and SimCity. Well it enough. may have launched with five in the U.S. Okay. Um. So let's talk about the. Uh. So you have Skyrim and um the Rabbids mm-hmm. Mario RPG. Um, which is funny to be putting that on there when we, it's just a rumor. Yeah, that, that a well sourced rumor, but just as but far as we know, but just rumor. a crazy rumor. Uh yeah, I, I would believe um Skyrim before the uh Mario RPG. Uh Ubisoft has just for the last few uh yeah. Nintendo consoles had uh, like one of those weird type games right at launch. Yeah. So that's why I'm kind of and how much the CEO of Ubisoft was talking up the Switch. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're uh, going to be a pretty close partner. Oh, I also think that uh we may see this isn't on my list, but I think we may see the uh, NBA 2K17. Oh, sure. At launch as well. Um, I think this uh, is one of the more important things for me, uh, especially of, of the, the three categories we've talked about. Like, I'm going to buy it no matter what it costs. I guess I don't really care the date it comes out. Um, but, like, launch lineup is going to be... I'm I'm just excited to see what 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 it hits with day one. I think the only guarantee in my mind, at any rate, day one is Splatoon. Huh. I think Splatoon is going is going to be like partially a proof of concept, um, and then like I could see uh, Mario or Zelda filling the other role, um, but I I think Splatoon is like the lock. Yeah, I mean it, that makes total sense to me uh they really are positioning splatoon as a big deal mm-hmm. and it is it's like enor- it's enormously successful for for a wii u game yeah for sure um, especially in japan um so i definitely think splatoon will be featured prominently mm-hmm. and i assume there's a splatoon 2 coming eventually because this doesn't seem to be a new splatoon well, it'll be it'll have some sort of new features. Oh, so, totally. Right? Yeah. I mean, uh, but it doesn't. I mean, I guess they could be reimagining it as like an Overwatch type thing where it continues on. Oh, where it's a platform. Yeah, yeah that'd that would be, be pretty cool. Um, I'm also not sure if um, Nintendo, with like very rare exceptions, if they're really doing just like sequels or like a Splatoon two. You know, that doesn't. No, it's really, really rare sense. when it happens. Like. That's why Super Mario Galaxy 2 was so surprising. Yeah. Because it was pretty much just another Super Mario Galaxy game. And Nintendo. They had more ideas. Yeah. And like, but Nintendo doesn't really like to do direct sequels. Uh, you know, like, there's all those interviews with Miyamoto, how he talks about the Nintendo way seems to be developing a, uh, like, an idea. Yeah. And then. Like mapping the characters, mapping like the game on top of it, and so they—it's the reason why we haven't really seen an F Zero, we haven't really seen a Metroid, is because, and when we saw Star Fox, it was different, because Nintendo doesn't—they as a company culture, don't tend to just like do. You were saying like direct sequels, yeah. Um, Do we want to move on to our our next like wild card prediction? Yes. 
Um, so m mine sort of uh, softly defined. Um, but uh, so my 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 uh, final just prediction here is robust eShop or virtual console support from day one. Wow. I think there'll be games on this thing. I don't know exactly what they are, um, but I think there'll be a decent uh, virtual console library from day one. So mine is uh, tangentially related. Okay. Um, I think there will be a robust eShop on day one. I don't know if they'll delineate the two, but I'm delineating them how they currently do Yeah, yeah. Uh, as eShop and virtual console. I think there will be a robust uh, eShop and because it seems like there are a lot of indie developers interested in the Switch. Yeah. And Nintendo, uh, it seems like, has been doing a pretty good job of courting indie developers this mm -hmm. time around. Um, I think the virtual console is going to be pretty much back at square one, where we're hitting oh, the reset button yeah. one more time. Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers 2. Super Mario Brothers 3. I think, yeah, so that's my prediction, is that uh, Virtual Console is basically resetting. Yeah. And that it'll be a good emulator, because a lot of people complain about the Wii U's emulation, because mm -hmm. um, I think it's going to be done by Nerd, which is the same uh, Nintendo entity that did the NES Classic. Right. And I think that we will see GameCube games on it, you know, and I think we'll maybe see Wii games. Um, and so I think all of those will be there day one. I think they will be very sparsely populated. Sure. That'll just be like greatest hits. Yeah. yeah. And that hopefully it'll be more fast this time that we get like that the library gets caught up. Right. Um, I'm hoping it won't be like the same trickle that we always see where it's like, and now here's Wild Gun Hero. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, like here's like games you. We just keep putting all these platforms, and somebody must be buying, but nobody really seems Hogan's Alley, right? Which is why I mean that that's uh, and this is actually maybe falls under more of a hope, I guess, than um than a prediction. But like, it would I I feel like they they know the value of being able to take all of those games on the go or throw them up on the TV, um, and if they can just throw a bunch of uh, their old games on there, that people will be really excited about that. Oh, It'll I think it'd be a good way to move the system. I mean, I think it would be great. I think, like, I'm kind of what I'm assuming is that they are also resetting the eShop because now they have like the new My Nintendo accounts right. to tie everybody to. And I'm guessing the account system is the one that, um, what's, what's the developer that's working with them on DNA? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That like you know that they were they're probably involved in this like shop process mm -hmm. as well, and so uh, I I think they're resetting Virtual Console. I think they would love to have as much as you know yeah. they can as possible. But I think it, like everything will be new, and so it will take them a little bit of time to ramp up. Okay, uh, let's move on to our our wish list items now. Again, these can be as crazy and as out there or as wish fulfilling as we want them to be. So my first one, yeah, can yeah, I go yeah. first? Yeah, go first. All right. So my first one is pretty, uh, like this one is not crazy. Well, it might be, but I'm hoping it's not. Sure. I would love a solid operating system. Oh, <laughs> Mark going basic. <laughs> that's uh, that's yeah. all I want. I really feel like Nintendo is not great at OS design. Mm -hmm. Um. And some of it is like aesthetics that I don't love. Like uh, even on Super Mario Run, 
everything is very like like Mac OS 10. Sure. You know, like uh, like Aqua, where it's like big buttons that are, you know, very like bubbly and yeah. clicky. Bubbles. Yeah. And it's, it's very on. I mean, it's honestly very like early 2000s. And that's just kind of like the Nintendo menu aesthetic. But their operating systems has always been so slow. The Wii U was terrible when it launched. It's still bad now. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it was way worse when it launched. They had to, they released, like, I remember Awada talking about in, like, I think a Nintendo Direct, like, just that they're releasing an update to make it so much faster. Like, that was a selling point of one of the updates because it was so bad. The 3DS is so, like, the Wii... They're all like just kind of. They're just they've ever since they right, had to do an OS, it's just kind of been a mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not expecting anything as clean as um, the PlayStation's operating mm. system, which I have always thought worked fine. Mm-hmm. Um, discoverability on all these platforms is bad. Yeah, but it's at least fast, and th- that's and, and dynamic too. Like I, I feel like the the PlayStation. Um, it at least is like bringing things up to you that like feel relevant or um is is also like presented to you in a graphic way that makes sense and is exciting it's all that's like my number one all i want and and that's why i don't i don't care at all about the switch functioning as a tablet i don't want email on there oh, i no. don't want oh, any of no, that garbage no, i don't get it no <laughs> what <laughs> like no uh yeah, I don't want any. I don't want any of that. Just, I can see the utility of putting Netflix on there. I think Netflix, Hulu, and YouTube will probably be on there. Sure. And I guess the 3DS's operating system isn't. It's functional. Right. It's just. But it, yeah. I mean, the obviously the uh, new 3DS is a lot more able to handle it than the uh, OG 3DS. Right. Um, which is just so much slower. Um. Obviously, still running the same uh, basic operating system, but yeah, as a matter of speed, that's a good one, Mark. Um, that's all I want. That's really like that's all I want is for it to be fast, right? I just want it to be like launch things quickly. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, okay, so my my first wish list item um, is that uh, we finally get the game or whatever software application that justifies the functionality of Amiibo in a meaningful way. Oh, okay. So like a Disney Infinity, but for Amiibo or something. Maybe it's like a um, a take on uh, Miitomo that's more robust or something that uh, allows you to use Amiibo in like a meaningful software way um because i think these things are out in people's houses they're they're out in my house (laughs) um and you know they um have been selling super well i feel like they need to like put some sort of software support behind these things uh in a real way on the switch are you i mean i haven't played either skylanders or infinity or like lego dimensions or Mm -hmm. any of that kind of stuff but the um they've never looked very fun to me so uh i don't know disney infinity in like its later incarnations is actually supposed to be a pretty entertaining game um and like i like lego games well enough um 
that like I could see getting into Lego Dimensions if I had a bunch of it all. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um. The the barrier of oh, you need to have a hundred of these figures is so huge for me for everything but Amiibo because I have a hundred of these figures already. Um. So. Yeah, I mean, this one is maybe even just a pers- personal wish fulfillment that man, it would be great to have all sorts of content related to the toys that are already in my house. Yeah, because I uh, just as somebody who doesn't have very many Amiibo, I'm trying to think of a compelling gameplay that would make me... Yeah. And, and it's it's totally fine that if, if they released a game that was like Disney Infinity, it's fine that that game's not for me. You know, like, sure. they don't have to make a game that I'm interested in. But I'm just trying to think of, like, you know, a game, like... Well, also, just think about it, like how fun it would be to like come over and just like tap amiibos on, you know, my amiibos on our things and just like get whatever, you know, open world. I, I'm imagining like Mario 64 style, like you tap in a character and then just like run around the castle as him, collect stars. Yeah, because to me, the ultimate application for that is in the Nintendo uh, matchups already, like Smash Brothers uh-uh. and <clears throat> Mario Kart. Because yeah. how cool would it be that anything that's released as an amiibo, you can if you buy it and you can open it up in Mario Kart. That would be pretty like rad. or or Smash Brothers because Smash Brothers is already in theory. I don't even know if they continue this aesthetic anymore. But the first one, the reason they could justify it was that they were toys fighting each other, not right. the actual characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's like a very clear application for amiibo in Super Smash Brothers a little unrealistic because you have to balance for each character and do right. different like right, move right. sets. But to me, um, that would get Waluigi into that game. <laughs> I know. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, to me, that's a compelling way, but a unrealistic way. Right. In order to do, to do that is like, if the new version of Mario Kart was like, and any amiibo you own, you, you can just put like, Shovel Knight in this game. And that one seems easier because then it's mostly just weight class and a right. skin for that weight class. Yeah. But um, I'm also, uh, I mean, th- those are both compelling um, answers to that. But uh, I'm also w- willing to believe that there is a type of game out there or an application that Nintendo knows that I don't know. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. What, what do you got for your second one? So... <sighs> Mine's kind of related to Virtual Console. Actually, it's entirely related to Virtual Console, the second one. Very good. I would love to see Mother 3 on this. Oh, I think you're going to get that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's a, a launch thing, but like, it's certainly starting to... I, it's probably just people getting excited about it, uh, getting excited about the possibility. Um, but it does sound like that's coming down the pipe. Because do you remember when Sin and Punishment launched on the Wii Virtual Console? Yeah. And it was like the first time that it was available mm-hmm. in uh the the u.s like that's just cool yeah you know like it's just fun when stuff like that happens and mother three has been such a like uh unattainable it's been such an a piece of unobtainium for so long (laughs) i will not tolerate your avatar references here i will not (laughs) i see you patrick Mm, I love the Navi. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been like, you know, that like uh, windmill that we've been wanting for to chasing for so long. Mm-hmm. And man, it would just be so great to be able to actually play it. Do you think I, I was uh, mulling this idea over in my head? What if it was a, a what if it came out at launch and was a, a pack in 
It was just on every Switch. That would be crazy. Wouldn't that be cool? That because just be like, hey, all Nintendo fans, that here be, it is. <laughs> that'd be that'd be amazing. This is the only way to get it. <laughs> Buy the Switch. That would be so cool. Uh, that would be really cool. Um, and it'd be fun to get some context for Lucas finally. And yeah, know. it's like another one of those weird. I mean, same with we were talking about. I think last week or two weeks ago, like Marth. Mm-hmm. On you know, where it was just like before Fire Emblem hit. It was just kind of like, who's this dude with a sword in Smash Brothers? Um, What is there any like older game that you would want to see on a virtual console that's never been on virtual console before? Ooh, not first party stuff. I don't think Um, they're generally have been pretty pretty good good about about like uh, ticking the boxes on first party. There is there's a lot of third party stuff I would love to see. Yeah. Like all the Square and Enix RPGs, of course, from like the Super Nintendo era. I mean, if if they can put Final Fantasy three on this thing, <laughs> I'm gonna play it. Okay, so my my second um my second wish list is uh we're going to see it's not going to be um like n- no date given uh but Sakurai is working on a new game. It's not a Smash Brothers game. It's a new Kid Icarus game. That's what you. That's what you think. It's a new Kid Icarus game. I think it's gonna be a new Kid Icarus game, and it's gonna have similarly arcadey action combat, uh, like um, Kid Icarus Uprising, but with all of the control issues fixed. That's what I was gonna ask if you think it's like a sequel to Uprising, basically. I mean, I, I think in the vein of Uprising, but like, um, with more uh, a, a tighter focus on like spectacle and like pulling it off on the big screen and little screen. Um and with it feeling right, you know, it, it's twin sticks. It'll have it'll have two sticks, uh. So the game will actually play like games play. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think he's working on another Smash Brothers because the last one basically killed him. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think we'll we'll see what he's up to, and it's gonna be a Kid Icarus game. And I think that'd be super fun. And I I think that franchise is also um. Uh, another one that because of smash is like so near the front of uh players minds but like still not like really out there in in a meaningful way uh another one on my wish list is a um i don't really even know how to phrase this uh yes i do a metroid game people want to play there we go like an appealing metroid Mm -hmm. game and I, I, I kind of feel like this one is just a wish because... You're giving up hope? Kind of, I, I think th- all Metroid games from here on out <laughs> will be games that no one wants to play. I, I, I don't know if after Federation Force we're going to see Metroid around for a while. That, I, you know, I don't think they're... Sure. I just think they're not going to release Metroid games. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to become like F-Zero, you know, where it's just oh, like... Oh, man, that's a bummer. And I think it's just because it doesn't sell well in Japan. And it's sold, and it has continued to sold. I continued to sell, <laughs> continued to sell precipitously worse in the West. And you can argue that that's because the quality of game has mm-hmm. gone down. But it's like a new Metroid game, it, it, unless it's another Metroid Prime, in which case, like we were talking about earlier, Nintendo doesn't really do direct sequels, right? Maybe they will in this. And I, you know, I would love to see a new 16-bit-esque, you know, like, yeah, Super Metroid-type game. But again, Nintendo doesn't really give people what they want. 
they do for, the, not. for good and bad. Right. Um, that's uh, it is interesting though that you say like probably not another prime game. Um, because Federation Force has it's not just Metroid Federation Force; it's Metroid Prime Federation Force. Like they're keeping that specific branch of that brand alive for whatever reason. I don't know, and I think there's hopes that maybe retro maybe that's like retro's game that they've been working on i feel like they're just shackled to donkey kong forever you think so i don't know uh i i mean i have no idea what they're doing i i would be surprised if it's a metroid game because a lot of the people that were there when metroid prime was were you know was yeah. like are long gone um that's not the same studio anymore it's yeah the same it's thing really not wanting rare to make a new like banjo kazooie like well those aren't those same guys anymore yeah um and so i i don't i don't know they would even necessarily want to make another metroid prime game yeah i i don't know if they'll make another donkey kong country returns it feels like it's been a really long time since they finished tropical freeze yeah so and they're kind of aren't they they're a pretty big studio aren't they yeah i think so I mean, so, those uh, Prime games are huge, so, yeah. Um, so, I, they, had, they must be working on something. Uh, and I know everybody's kind of, like, fear is that it's another Donkey Kong Country game. <laughs> Not that they're bad, but just because... It seems, like, wasted. Like, even when a, Don- a new Donkey Kong Country Returns is good, it's like, okay, but I'm just running and jump. Like, I didn't finish the original Donkey Kong Country Returns. I could just keep playing that. Um, so my uh, my next wish list item is regarding the new Mario Kart game, the Mario Kart on Switch. Not so much a port of the Wii U game, but a completely new experience that borrows uh, like the best features from throughout the franchise history. So we're talking multiple items. We're talking a huge character roster, huge um, uh, list of, of tracks. Um, a, a battle mode that actually works, uh, good online support. Like, j- it's like the Mario Kart of our dreams. I think you're you're potentially getting everything, literally everything you listed in the Mario Kart Eight Remix, whatever they're you know like whatever version they're putting out on sure. Switch. Because in the uh, uh, the like Switch reveal video, mm-hmm. they had two item boxes. Right. They had a new character, King, King Boo. Boo. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm sure if they re-release it, they will be have added more tracks. Mm-hmm. They will have had plenty of time to make a battle mode. You know, so I think it's possible yeah. that th- whatever this new version of 8 is, right. it is like this dream game. This is, this is what I want. If they can, if they can make a... If, if they can put out a Mario Kart that is um, like different enough from 8... That I can be, I'm, <clears throat> I'm gonna play it so much anyway. Um, but I would like to be like genuinely surprised by how much stuff there is in it. Yeah, my question is, if they release this like eight remix or you know whatever they call it, just Mario, they may just call it like Mario Kart. Yeah, sure. Um, or Mario Kart Switch. Like they, yeah, only, yeah. they only recently started putting numbers on these things anyway. Yeah, with seven on the uh, 3ds. So. If there's, uh, if they release that, do they are, are they making another Mario Kart game? Like, what would be the point 
of you making know, another I mean, one. Yeah, you know, well, brother? <clears throat> and that's sort of why I want this one to be like an actual like step forward um, instead of like just a beefed up version of of eight. I want it to be like a incredibly beefed up version of eight. If it um, doesn't have a real battle mode, yeah, that'll be embarrassing. I mean, because on on the Wii U, have you played the uh, Mario Kart Eight battle mode at all? Uh, I think a little bit, but it's it's a disaster. Like I, it's the Wii one's not great either. No, I mean, like it, it hasn't been good. I don't know, twenty years. Like when when's the last good Mario Kart battle mode? Oh man, I don't even know. Like I don't even like the DS one isn't the DS terrible. one was okay. I think yeah, but. A lot of it comes down to the well. So what they did, what they ended up doing with like the Wii one is they added like coin, like the coin battle mm-hmm. one, where you're like trying to gather a lot of coins. Yeah, and they made it like random, you know, like which and like the the classic like lose the balloon one. Yeah, just wasn't like the level design was bad. It, it just, it just it, wasn't it's as clearly interesting. Been an afterthought for a long time, and like. Man, I just I just want like a reason to go in and and do it and play it and because eight is a great Mario Kart mm-hmm. and it would be an amazing Mario Kart if the battle mode wasn't awful. That's right. Um, I would also like this is as a like a sub wish list on this. Um, I want um more F Zero stuff because there are two F Zero tracks and uh an F Zero cart in Mario Kart eight. Are the the F Zero tracks are not F Zero tracks, right? They're like. They're like modeled after oh, um, okay. uh, Mute City and um, Big Blue, uh, and the cart is the Blue Falcon. Um, but I'll also, and this is maybe uh, the the furthest reaches of of what's actually possible. But I want to see uh, some Diddy Kong Racing content in there as well, as part of the classic tracks. That'd be cool. Do you still car- call it Mario Kart? Yeah. Or just like Nintendo Kart. Oh, that's... And get everything in there. Maybe that's what you call it. You call it Nintendo Kart, and then everything is in there. And then, uh, you know, you're racing through uh, Excite Truck and Wave Race and all that good stuff. What do you think is the game that Nintendo has created that sells us on the feature of the Switch in the vein of uh, Wii Sports and Nintendo Land? You mean in that, like, it could not have been done any uh, any other way but on this hardware? Yeah, where you're like, here's a game that, like, features, you know, like, the tablet, like, asynchronous. Because when the game, mm-hmm. when the Wii U launched with Nintendo Land, it was like, oh, asynchronous, not asynchronous, but, like, the multiplayer is different, right? One person has a right. tablet, other people have the controller. So here's, like, games you can do with that. Um uh we sports was like here's how you play we you know yeah. like yeah you swing a thing and then your family's all happy um geez i don't know i feel Seems like, like it has to involve multiplayer i think it has to involve multiplayer and like i honestly i think it's a pokemon game like uh, a pokemon game that when you are home and you're playing it it's like a a, a deep um, experience in like a, a a Pokemon world, and there's a deep story. Um, and then you go out into the real world and fight and trade against real people when you take the thing on the go. Like it, to me, that seems like the no brainer of it. But um, I don't know. Do do you have one? Not really. Uh, because again, I think it's like Nintendo Land or Wii Sports. 
where once we saw it, we were like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah. But at the, I mean, I don't know if the Nintendo Land ever did that, which is partly why the Wii U right. was a tough sell. But um, with Wii Sports, it was like, oh, yeah, obviously. And right. so hopefully, you know, with the Switch, it'll be like, oh, yeah, obviously. This is an obvious application. You know, like, yeah, we, don't, we won't know we want it until we see it. Uh, what's, what's your last um, wish list pit? Wish list pick, <laughs> Mark. My w- last wish list pick is sports games. Sports games. I want to see straight up sports games on the Switch, just like uh, NBA 2K17. Yeah. I th- it's an audience that Nintendo has not captured for a long time, and that's purely because EA and... 2k haven't been putting their games on the you know it's not like nintendo's choice um and you know sonic and mario at the olympics just isn't doing it for me no not not sport enough and i i also and i don't love sports simulation games you know uh the madden i played the most of was madden 97 on the super nintendo so it's been 20 years (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but i i think more what why I want to see it on there is what it represents for Nintendo. Yeah. Um, a wider player base. Yeah, yeah. And like a uh, better third party, you know, mm-hmm. like relationships because the Wii U had a huge install base, but you know, after a few attempts, it stopped getting right. Uh, sports games. Mm-hmm. So, oh, and, and uh, a lot of other third party games too, just cause they were saying there are a lot of these things out there, but people aren't buying other games for it. And, and yeah, yeah, and I don't even know that, especially on the Wii, that you can even really say that they didn't, that third parties didn't try. I think they had a hard time figuring out what maybe like the Wii audience was. Like, do you remember like Dead Space Extraction? Yeah. Um, it was supposed to be like even kind of good for what it was. But right. Like, but it's like, it, there was that. Who's buying that? Yeah, there was that hard bet- in between where it's like, well, anybody who really wants a Dead Space game owns an Xbox or 360 or a PS3. Right. You know, so it was hard to find that medium, and the Switch seems like a console that can appeal to everyone. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would love to see sports game on it. What about you? Uh, my last pick is Super NES Remix. Um, the NES Remix games on the uh, Wii U and then eventually 3DS um, are great little like slices of um, NES game gameplay. Um, sort of uh, just like bite-sized pieces where it's like, you know, collect the 30 coins uh, on the screen um, and then like you get a little reward and you move on. Um, I've wanted to see a Super NES version of this for so long and I think it would be just like a one of those like instant home run sort of things where um, people get hit with all of that uh, 90s Super Nintendo nostalgia um, packaged in a uh, like fun, quick pick up and play kind of way, and this could even go to the like, you know, it's it's good on the go because like it's a, a quick thing, or it can be good uh, anchored to your TV because it's online and there are leaderboards and you're seeing how your friends are doing at it. Um, I, I Super NES Remix, that'd be cool. Yeah, do you? There were two NES remixes, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do do you have both of them? Yeah. Are they different game? Like, is yeah, it, they like, are different yeah. games. Yeah, there it's um, like a, a dozen in the first one, and then like another discrete dozen in 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 the second. Um, 
yeah, it, it, they're super fun games. Um, it, it's hard to like really remember my experience of them because a lot of it is just you know my tied up with my experiences of actually playing the games the the first time around. Um, but yeah, it just it just a like oh here's a here's an excuse to have fun with Zelda again. Here's an excuse to have uh fun with Mario two again. Um, and just like you know teaching where it's like just beat this boss you know and then uh this is something i've actually found while playing the nes classic that when i then encounter those bosses i'm like oh i got this i know how to do it i trained on it so yeah i want i want a super nes remix and my bonus fifth one oh okay just real quick my bonus fifth one is uh I want a new Wario game that's not... And I love WarioWare, so I would take another WarioWare mm-hmm. just as fast as I take another Rhythm Heaven game. I think they're both great. Yes. But I just want a new Wario platformer. That sounds great. But I want it to not be developed by good feel because I don't love their platforming mechanics. Uh, okay, so whoever got, gets the most right of this owes the other... Uh, a, a, million a million dollars. One million dollars. Please put it in the book. It is in the book book and it is now official let's move out of this topic all right so uh we're gonna do a reader mail listeners reader mail readers listener mail we're gonna do some mail we've got a question today from ethan um Ethan writes into the podcast, just of course like you can, uh, just by writing into Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. No mistakes there. <laughs> um, and uh, let us know any, any questions you got for us. Uh, here's uh, how Ethan interprets that. Uh, Ethan's email reads, Hi guys. <clears throat> there is a common joke that Mario is just a guy on hallucinogens citing the fact that he eats mushrooms and flowers and grows and shrinks, a la Alice in Wonderland. He flashes different colors, and the general nonsensical plot of an Italian plumber rescuing a fairy tale princess from a giant turtle that is covered in spikes and red hair. Good point, Ethan. <laughs> Great point. Um, likewise, there are countless game mechanics that make just as little sense in the real world, but are helpful game mechanics, e.g. the ability of a player to digest bullets or otherwise regenerate health in shooters you know, waiting for that red tinge around the screen to go away. Sometimes these mechanics are explained away by the game. Uh, the example he gives here is the desyncing from the Animus in Assassin's Creed. Uh, and other times they're incorporated into the plot of the game. Uh, he wants to know if uh, what are some of our favorite examples of game mechanics in Nintendo games or whatever um, that either have a good, like, real, like, in-game explanation for how they work or that just totally make no sense and are crazy and the one that comes to mind first and i know we were just talking about wario um but it blows my mind that wario eats whole cloves of garlic (laughs) (laughs) and that that's how he heals is by eating just a fistful of garlic uncooked (laughs) not seasoning anything just shoving a clove of garlic into his face. <laughs> Raw garlic is supposed to be good for you if you're battling a cold, right? I is that what Wario is facing <laughs> off against? <His> cold. <laughs> Doctor Wario. Oh, Doctor Wario. Doctor Wario. We need it. Uh, mine is is completely unexplainable, but is uh, necessary 
for it to work. Yeah. It, the uh, is platforming in super, in Super Mario Brothers the ability to change directions after you've jumped. Oh, absolutely. The ability to change absolutely. the directions in the air it doesn't make zero sense. And when you play a platformer without that ability, it feels terrible. It feels broken. You have to like it. It makes platforming work in those games. It doesn't make a lick of sense. No, but yeah. like totally necessary. Um, what? Uh, oh, I'm thinking of. I'm not even gonna remember this game. But there, every now and then, you encounter a uh, um, a game that has like a a fun excuse or like execution of your character dying and like coming back. I can't think of what it is now. In fact, the idea is just like escaping my head as I'm speaking my way through it. Well, I like the uh, the way that they explain that in Bioshock. Yeah, you know, as you go back, uh, you go back to the like Vita chambers or yeah, something, they're whatever called. they're called, where it's just like you've been because in this society it makes sense, you know, because they have um these uh wow, it's been I yeah plasmids yeah the plasmids yeah. you know so they have this like that was a pull that was amazing I don't know where like, that came from but like they have these like body augmentations so it's mm-hmm. like okay yeah sure I buy that you know I'm being revived in one of these uh it's never like explained in game it's just one of those game mechanics where you're like yeah. oh yeah this is my spawn point um I this maybe is skirting the issue a little bit but in braid um there actually is no uh fail state um like if you fall in a pit or get hit by an enemy and die you just rewind time to before it happened so like there's no way that you actually do die um but it's the same sort like the character does die but like rather than just start over you just rewind and like get that back so that's that's one that sort of makes sense maybe not within the fiction but within the mechanics of of the game um what other things like that I like in, uh, and this is maybe less, no, it's, it's, a, it's a mechanic, in Kid Icarus. I'm going to keep talking about Kid Icarus. Um, that the eggplant wizards throw eggplants at you and turn you into an eggplant. <laughs> That's one of those nonsensical things that you just say Beetlejuice three times and then you turn into an eggplant. But I kind of, I, I mean, I have to admit that I uh, prefer this where it's just like gameplay first. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like this idea where uh, they have to explain the game mechanic and the fiction of the world is sometimes such an anchor yeah. to fun. Um, and, like, it's just like, you know, because then when you get into that um, mode of having to explain everything, it's like Alfred Hitchcock talking about, like, the plausibles. These are people who, like, watch his movies and, like, when they're in the theater, they're just, like, picking apart everything ex- instead of. Uh, just taking in like the whole yeah. and joining it for like uh, as a sim- cinematic experience. Right. There are so many things when you see a movie or play a game that you're like meeting the creator halfway on already. Exactly. And so I feel like once a game acknowledges that it's like, oh, this mechanic, well, l- let's explain how it works right. you know, or like why it exists. Then it gets entrapped in having to explain why everything works. Yeah. And and that's not fun. That's that not you, you rarely lose the fun. fun. Fast. Um, I, it's uh, it's interesting to think about um how Mario power ups um like have either acknowledged this or or not. Um, like when you think about, you know, you get a leaf and that turns you into the raccoon, and the raccoon can fly. 
Okay, so that's like three levels of nonsense, right? <laughs> <laughs> like uh, leaf equals raccoon, raccoon equals can fly. None of it adds up. Um, but like in the Galaxy games, um, maybe Galaxy 2, I think, there's a mushroom that's made out of stone. And when you touch it, then Mario turns into a rock. And that's a little bit, it's kind of a bummer where you're like, okay, I touch a rock, I turn into a rock, and then I roll around as a rock. Um, it all makes sense, but like, isn't it maybe more fun to collect a bell and turn into a cat, you know, or touch a, a, a flower and then be able to throw fire? Yeah, that one is like never, it, like when you were talking about that, I was trying to think of the connection between, a possible connection between flower and fire. I don't. I mean, they call it a fire flower, but that's just putting the words together. <laughs> a fire flower is not a thing in life. Uh, yeah, great question. Yeah, good, good question, Ethan. Um, he uh, has a PS. Uh, how do you decide, uh, how and when did you decide to say the at gmail.com part in, in unison? Uh, was it from one of those practice episodes that never aired? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember either. I think it came out of me not wanting to say the Nintendo Cartridge Society part because it's a very difficult thing to say. The word cartridge is very hard to say. Oh, it's a real, especially because they're all longer words. Nintendo Cartridge, cartridge Society. Society. Uh, yeah. So, so laziness, I think, is probably how it. Oh, sure. Uh, it sprung forth. Like most things, out of out of Mark's laziness, yeah, out of <laughs> man's unwillingness to do things that inconvenience them slightly. So, if you ever want to hear more tales of our laziness, uh, please write into Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail dot com. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the show. Um, if you, um, what am I saying here? That's going to do it for this episode of <laughs> Nintendo Cartridge Society. Please follow us on Twitter at Nincart Society. Uh, and our Facebook page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, if you have a second, we would love for you to rate and review us on iTunes. Um, we have a theoretical contest in the works here. Uh, I'm telling you, not theoretical. Okay, the contest is real. The Mark contest is me. <laughs> I, I, I've been waiting for the... Uh, NES Classic Edition to become a little more attainable. It hasn't. Going to have to come up with a different prize. Um, maybe we'll see what the Switch uh, brings. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a good prize. Okay? Yeah. Uh, but uh, how do you enter it? Uh, by rating and reviewing us on iTunes and then just shooting us an email to let us know that you did that. Yeah. Um, then you're automatically entered. Uh, we will select a winner sometime. <laughs> It'll definitely happen. Uh, also, uh, subscribe to the podcast, and while you're there, um, check out uh, other shows on the What's Created Podcast Network. Uh, we're proud to be part of that network, and there's other good stuff on there. If you like Mark and mine's opinions, you can check out our conversations about comic books on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8-Bit Betty, and you can find more of 8-Bit Betty's music on 8bitbetty.com or by listening right now. <laughs> From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying, get us those split spoilers, and thanks for listening. What's a creative podcast network?